0: Welcome to FitzAunt's Property Exchange, hosted by Pearl Skeltimer, designed to keep you informed and captivated about the South African residential property market. Subscribe to our channel today and enjoy conversations with some of the most influential, innovative and interesting industry experts, stakeholders and scheme executives as they render input in today's property market.
1: Hi, hello again. I'm Pearl Skelterma, the CEO of Fidzan Estates, and welcome to all of you to Pro- FITZAN's Property Exchange. Today I'll be introducing a very interesting lady, Juhet Smiths. She is head of data and analytics at PayProp, South Africa's largest processor of rental payments for the property management industry. In addition to being the CFA charter holder, Yohit is a Stellenbosch University graduate with a BCom honours degree in financial risk management. She is the author of the Pay Proper Rental Index, a quarterly guide that outlines trends in the South African residential rental market. Welcome, Yohit. How are you doing today? Hi, Paul. Thanks so much for having me. I'm doing great. And yourself? I'm fine. I just want this COVID to get over and done with. <laughs> Oh, gosh. I think think that's all of of our wishes altogether. Mm. I just want to be able to have Christmas lunch without a mask on my face. (laughs) Let's hope that's going to happen. So let's kick off. Before we get into the details of the current data, could you give us some background? What is the PayProp Rental Index? What data are you mining and how long has it been running for? So
2: the data that we have available is actually a byproduct of our main business and a very useful one at that. Um, Payprop itself is a transactional platform for rental agents, and they use it to invoice tenants to reconcile rental payments and to make payments to um, landlords and to themselves and to third parties. So all of this is automated, and the sending of statements to landlords and tenants, that's also all automated. So the rental amounts are mined from the rental invoices that agents create in the system, Agents also manage their damage deposits through PayProp, so we have that data, and they also have the ability to do credit checks through PayProp, which is where we get the data around credit metrics that we often analyze. The okay. rental index itself is a quarterly publication, and that highlights basically what goes on in the rental market so it usually looks at national and provincial rent levels we look at rental growth tenant health and lately we've also been focusing quite a bit on arrears since it's such a hot topic
0: uh, this
2: year yeah especially with lockdown the rental index, so the last part of your question, was started in 2012. Um, I actually recently had a look at the old ones. They're still available on the website. And we have really come a long way from them. So, way back in 2012, I actually worked at PayProp. I'm a boomerang employee. Um, after I came back from a gap year abroad, and I actually helped put the first few ones together. Back then, we used an economist to help us, um, but then Lowe took it over, my previous CEO, who now heads up our uh, North American PayProp business. And then a few years ago, Lowe approached me to come work for PayProp again, and then I took it over again in 2017.
1: So it's we've come full circle. All right, great stuff. So getting into the latest data, can you tell us how the residential rental industry has been affected by the COVID-19 epidemic? I know this must be a question asked to you a thousand times, but yes, it's always good to hear different views. Yeah, of course.
2: So a few things happened because of lockdown. So firstly, tenants couldn't move for a while. That was during the hard lockdown. Many tenants lost their income. So whether it's them or their partner, but household income, uh, dropped is for quite some time and people also couldn't travel so that affected rental growth negatively in two ways so firstly a lower income means that demand for more expensive properties were lower people couldn't necessarily afford their um, rental increases and secondly because of travel restrictions many short-term lead properties that was previously on airbnb they were put back on the long-term rental market so that the landlords could get at least some income because those properties were standing empty and that affected the supply side so okay. when you see a lower demand and a higher supply both of these factors suppress rental growth and that's exactly what you've seen what we've seen so um yeah, in the first quarter of this year, rental growth year on year, so from the first quarter of last year to the first quarter of this year, was at 3%. But then when lockdown hit, it dipped to 1.5% in the second quarter of this year and to sure. 1.4% now 50%. in the last one.
0: 50%. Yes. That's,
2: yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And we don't really see it um picking up anytime soon, you know. So don't
1: on. run ahead. That's that's part of my following questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That, so the, uh, sorry for the interruption. Please proceed. The other, perhaps obvious effect that the
2: lockdown had, and we, I mentioned it earlier, was we could clearly see that arrears were higher. Right, but that's yeah. kind of obvious when you think that people lose their income, um, they would probably want to save on one of their bigger expenses. So. When we look at arrears, we look at two factors. We first look at the percentage of tenants in arrears, and then we look at the size of arrears relative to rent. So how much does a tenant in arrears actually owe? So we saw an increase in both, actually. Um, Okay. Yeah, that's really not surprising. Tenants who were never in arrears could now all of a sudden maybe not afford to pay their rent or they only pay partially. So that's why the percentage tenants... Um, in arrears rose, and then tenants who were in already in arrears obviously were now further yeah, in that, arrears.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. just what I wanted to ask you. What about those that were in arrears prior to the lockdown excuse, if I may? Yes. Refer to it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, people often assume that the baseline is zero, but that's not true. There mm-hmm. were people in arrears before lockdown. That's true.
1: Okay, yeah. so what are the main factors affecting the rental growth? Your Paul, how much time do you have? <laughs> we don't have that much time. We go. <laughs> okay, so there are
2: many. I'll only mention a few. Um, normally... If we consider provincial rental growth, which is something that we look at in the rental index, different factors affect affect different provinces. So, for example, mining activity and commodity prices um, can drive demand for rental properties in provinces like Limpopo, when there's high mining activity. And then, obviously, the opposite the the opposite is true when prices okay. drop and when mining activity. Um, stops. And then also in the Northwest, there's a bit of an anomaly. We have a few big clients who do student housing. So the demand for student housing affects the rental growth in Northwest.
1: But may I ask, Mm. sorry, may may Mm. I ask in the Pretoria, Johannesburg area specifically? No. So um, we don't
2: really track um, areas. We only look at provinces.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah. In general.
2: Yeah. yeah in general. So, okay. yeah, like I mentioned earlier, supply also plays a role. So we've seen, for example, in the Western Cape, um, when developers really started developing on on a large scale, there was a they flooded the market basically. So that affected the the Western Cape's growth. This is now before lockdown, but. Now, after lockdown, and I think for some time to come, affordability will be one of the main factors that will impact rental growth. And like I just said, it is, it's kind of obvious. If you don't have income, you really can't afford to look for more expensive properties. So, yeah, that would be the big one going forward, I think.
1: Okay. So, do you see a distant light in the tunnel with regards to arrears? Can you tell us a little bit more about this?
2: <laughs> yes, a very, very distant light, bulb. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to answer this question in two parts, and we're going to look at the two metrics that I mentioned earlier that we look at when we look at arrears. So when we look at the, at the percentage of tenants in arrears, to give you an idea, in March there were about 19% of tenants in arrears and in May 19 one nine. 19 19. No, one 19, okay. yes, right. So, and that spiked in May actually. so that was quite quick, right? Spiked in May, um, number increased to 26 percent. But now, if you think about it, tenants paid their April rent with a paycheck they got at the end of March. So, yes,
1: it doesn't Not feel being affected in- yet, yeah.
2: yes, so it doesn't feel right that that number spiked so much but I think people preempted that they might have financial trouble so they maybe didn't pay in full or maybe they just didn't pay their rent for a month. Then in May it was announced that people could go back to work in June so then so that's why it spiked in May. People then started paying their rent in full because they now know that they have an income at the end of June to look forward to. So yeah, it spiked in May, and at the end of September, that was down back to twenty-two and a half percent. So it's lower than than the than the May figure of twenty-six percent, but not quite at the nineteen percent. Definitely we not.
1: We are not there by far. No, have but very, we <laughs> very unhappy landlords and yeah, very absolutely. upset about the fact that they have to fulfil financial obligations as well. And it seems like the recovery of these arrears is going to take quite a while yes
2: yes i agree um, but i don't think the tenants in arrears the percentage of tenants in arrears is such a big issue it's the size of arrears so that's the second one we, that we look at and that when you look at the graph in the rental index that will come out soon, <laughs> you'll see it looks a bit more sticky, right? So in March, a tenant who was in arrears on average owed, let's call it 80%, 78%. So 80% of a month's rent. A rent. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay.
2: The increase that we saw in this number was a bit slower. That only peaked in July. But if I can explain it by saying that, Tenants who are now newly in arrears, so someone who was never in arrears before, but now stopped paying because they preempted their financial difficulty, they have now paid off their arrears. So, so what's left over, that is now the sticky arrears. So You call it sticky arrears? Sticky, okay. because the trend is very, very slowly moving down. It's basically flat. Okay. So to get from from the level that it's at to a pre lockdown level will take a lot longer. so to give you an idea of the figures, um, I said it was around eighty percent in March. It peaked in June, no July at one hundred and six percent. sure,
1: okay
2: and in September it is at one hundred and two percent, so yeah wow. I, think it'll take- I would have thought it would be much better. Yeah, but that's why I say it's it's the sticky one. So you might mm-hmm. now be paying your rent again in full, but you you are struggling arrears, to pay so. off your arrears, if I can call it that. Yeah.
1: Okay, sure. It's a bleak picture, I see. So what is your prediction? What will happen in the market moving into twenty twenty one? Please give us good news. <laughs> If I had a crystal ball,
2: I would be very rich. Um, This is such a difficult question to answer because there are so many factors and they are pulling in different directions. So I think the big one is that rental growth will continue to be subdued because tenants' financial issues won't disappear overnight. The economy is still recovering, but businesses are increasing their um, income, their salaries at, I think, maybe a slightly lower pace. Remember that inflation is also lower. So the economy is might recover very slowly, and this will definitely affect the rental growth that we'll be seeing in 2021. I think I might be wrong.
1: Okay, thank you for <laughs> that. Um, if clients want to have access to this information or to your charge or to your quarterly um, guide, where do they get that information? So they can go
2: to payprop.co.za. There's. Would you uh, please just repeat that a little bit slower? <laughs> payprop.co.za. So when you get onto that page, you can book a demo. In the top page, someone will contact you, ask you a few uh, questions, and then we can take it from there. At the very bottom of that landing page, you can click on Payprop Rental Index or you can go to payprop.co.za forward slash rental index and then you can download the index there. You can also subscribe to get the index as soon as it's released in your inbox.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for that. It was great talking to you, Jehep. And uh, good luck to you and um, very impressive information. Not good news, all of it, though, but thank you so much for sharing. Ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for having me, Paul. That's a great pleasure. Ladies and gents, we will talk again soon. Thank you.
0: This was FitzArn's Property Exchange, hosted by Pearl Skeltimer. Not only do we keep you informed on the very latest in the property industry, we also empower by expanding your knowledge base. Make sure to visit www.fitzan.co.za to find out more about sectional title scheme management, letting, sales and trustee training. Remember to subscribe to our channel and follow us on all our social platforms.